like to call a wheel slob kebab. Yeah, right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. I want to apologize for the last episode. Um, I had my cat fountain on the entire time. I forgot to turn it off. And it sounded like I was pissing the entire podcast, but I wasn't. That would have been really impressive or just like really unhealthy if I had been peeing for that long. But it was my cat fountain. I live alone with my cats and they have a fountain that goes 24-7. Aren't they lucky? Also, I just got Invisalign. So I have like a lisp and clicking and like you could hear that on the last podcast too. So just want to apologize for that. I've been in a K-hole of old Beverly Hills. I went way, way back in the archives and have really been enjoying it. It This show used to be so dark and good, although this premiere was good. So I've been watching so much old Housewives, I completely forgot that Atlanta and Beverly Hills were premiering this week. But what are the chances that we have an Atlanta and Beverly Hills premiere overlapping a Jersey reunion? It feels like some sort of a special... Bravo Eclipse of some kind. Okay, so Real Housewives of Atlanta. This premiere was like a water slide. Like once we were on, we were going. There was no going back. I literally took so many notes before the preview even was done. Like so many things are going to happen. The kid's birthday party when Marlo's like, your white friends don't get it. Don't invite them. And then she by Sheree coming back. Her opener was chilling or not her opener her opener is amazing the september spring or whatever but her like intro where there's like there was like echoes of her like quotes from past seasons that was so good i got like chills when she came on the screen and i really like sonia the new housewife i feel like she's gonna bring up her olympic medals the way that wendy brings up her degrees on potomac but you know what go for it I feel like with Olympic medals, I'll let it pass. Like, no offense to people with degrees, but, like, you just have to, like, keep at it, right? Like, I don't... Like, it's just, like, a lot of school, you know? Like, your parents are... I don't know. Whatever. But Olympics? Like, nobody knows how to do that. Like, that's actually really hard. (laughs) I could literally never get my PhD, so it's funny that I'm shit-talking people who have multiple degrees. I'm like, how hard is it, really? I had to retake math, like, three times in college. Also, when Kenya says, don't have your husband buzzing on my damn pussy all night. (laughs) Candy's face. (sighs) Oh, the preview was so good. And then Marlo making fun of, maybe it was Candy. She was like, oh yeah, Candy's a hoe fucking everybody for free. Only Marlo would make fun of someone for fucking people for free. (laughs) Marlo's like, why aren't you charging for everything you do? Although, if Marlo is an escort, I get it. Like, who would not fucking pay for Marlo's company? I would pay for Marlo's company just to do anything. It does not matter. And then we see Drew, like, barking at Cherie, like a... Or Cherie. I keep saying she... she, I keep messing up she by Cherie with her name. Um, Like, barking at Cherie and, like, calling her dog. I feel like Drew goes hard with a bit. You know what I mean? Like, you give Drew a bit and she's really going to take that to a 10. But yeah, that was just the intro. And then we get to the actual episode. Marlo's introduction, I cried, which is how you know my brain is broken. I loved getting to know her, like see her life though, meet her nephews. They're so cute. And then they had a flashback to Eva, like fucking annihilating Marlo in the van. Remember when they were like, well, I would say they were reading each other, but really it was just Eva reading the shit out of Marlo. 
I like how, like, I feel like Marlo talks a big game, but then when it comes down to an argument, she's got, like, nothing. It really made me miss Eva. I thought she was a good addition. I think she should have stayed on. And then I love how Candy was like, Marlo, nobody knows what the fuck you do still. (laughs) Marlo was like, yeah, people used to not know where I got my money. And Candy's like, people still don't. And she was like, well, I did date that billionaire 10 years ago. (laughs) I love how Candy's like, she must be real good with money. And then we see La Archive famously spelled incorrectly. She like somehow had like J-Lo's clothes and like Beyonce's purse. That was amazing. I don't really get why is Sheree dating a man in prison? That feels like a we're pushing people away. You know what I mean? It feels like a defense mechanism. Like I really don't want to get close to someone. So I'm literally going to date someone I physically can't get close to. And then you're not going to have sex once they're free. I, it's not adding up to me. It's something, her last relationship that we saw on camera was bad. So like, there's gotta be some drama there. It is nice to see Kenya though. She looks, she's shining. She feels like so much lighter now that she isn't, isn't with that asshole. Was she on dancing? She was, we all, I like when they all met for her like dancing with the stars thing. Wasn't, hasn't she been on dancing with the stars like eight times? I guess it's not, I guess you can go do it as many times as you want. And then Marlo trying to make Candy admit that her and Todd are miserable. I feel like they just want something to be wrong in Candy's life. They're like, surely you can't be rich and happy. And then she suggests she just lie there during sex to like get it out of the way like a dead fish. (laughs) When I said sex, I could really hear my Invisalign. And then Drew's fucking husband. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. I DM'd. I've probably already talked about this on the podcast. I DM'd her. I've I never reach out to these women and although I do DM Bethany on a regular basis and just um, I'm like come back to the show it would be the second coming of Christ do you want to hang out sometime be pen pals so I DM Bethany a lot but I've I don't usually DM anyone else but I DM Drew and I was just like you have to leave Ralph <laughs> she didn't get back to me but I'll keep you guys posted but she said I think on last reunion she was like millions of people are telling me that my husband's a piece of shit listen to them Drew the gym scene where, first of all, Drew racing Sonya. Sonya was, was like barely picking up her feet. <laughs> and Drew was like really giving her all. She was like, yeah, we're having a legitimate race, babe. Like Sonya was like, I've won multiple gold medals. That was too good. But how awkward was that scene? Ralph asks Sonya's husband like, so how's married life for you? Why is that your question? And then Drew immediately goes into how miserable they are. They're such a toxic couple. And then she's like, telling her about that assistant first of all ralph you're writing a book what are you writing a book about second of all you don't need an assistant to write a book as someone who writes regularly i don't need an assistant would i like an assistant sure do i need them to massage me and like fuck me no that actually doesn't help the creative well maybe it would but i'm not no that's not a it's not a thing and then he's telling her, if you get in the way of my dreams, it's it's my dreams over you, sir. Like, first of all, I don't know what publisher is publishing this book. Bless them. But like, they wouldn't even be looking at you if you weren't on the fucking show. Like, who the fuck are you, Ralph? Like, if you weren't with your wife, who the fuck are you? Oh, that's right. You were the, you were the, the running back for Rutgers or the receiver, but you never played. That's right. She was embarrassed by that. She was like, okay, say less, bye-bye. And then Drew's doing that whole weight loss thing. They have to get out. Housewives have to get out of this toxic meal plan, shit yourself tea industry stuff. Like, just stop. 
And they were like, you didn't lose 25 pounds. Like, this is a sham. It's like an obvious scam. It's, yeah. I mean, even if she did lose 25 pounds, it's like, we don't need this. We don't need this at all. I appreciated Sonia at least being straight up and being like, no, like, this is not normal. And then it was so satisfying to see her and Candy confront Ralph in his house. But what the fuck? Where did he come from? He, like, came out of the, like, air vents. They were, she was, because Sonia was like, okay, Drew dropped a bomb at the gym earlier. And of course, Drew's like, what do you mean? Because this toxic shit is fucking normal to her. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't judge her. She's like clearly very manipulated by him. I'm sure there's a ton of like psychological stuff that we don't even see going on. But like, she's like, it's like normal to her. So she's like, what do you mean? And Sonia's like, well, you said your assistant or your husband's assistant was texting him about massages and like whatever, whatever. And Candy was like, wait, what the fuck? And then he crawls out of the air conditioning then or wherever the fuck he was hiding and like comes in the room he's like what are we talking about which is like the telltale sign of an abusive partner like what the fuck is this what is this a supervised conversation and then they finally interrogated him and he had nothing like when he was like well my back did hurt and candy was like i don't give a fuck about your back i was like candy's the only real one in this entire across all the franchises she's the only real friend like, no one cares about your fucking back. Your, your assistant, your book assistant, your book writing assistant doesn't need to, to worry about your pulled muscles. How'd you pull a muscle while you're writing a book? That's also the biggest question. Why is this even a conversation you're having with your assistant? Then they all get um, Marlo's video invitation. I loved that. That poor model was just like, I'm just delivering a message. When Kenny was like, okay, so tell her it's fucking cheap. <laughs> I love how she was literally going to send the message with the model. Like, oh, thank you, sweetie. Can you just tell her it looks cheap as shit? And I think she's a slut. And then the Le Archive event. Truly just like a museum. It was like, it looked like they had broken into a museum and they couldn't turn the lights on. Like if they turned the lights on, people would know they were there. And then it was weird that I thought that after they all talked shit on it, like Sonia and... Was it Sheree? Who, who, who went with Sonia? And they told Marlo everything they were saying. Like, what? Who does that? Sonia's really getting in the mess real quick. And then Ken, her saying, calling Kenya old money. Marlo, babe. Or wait, no, she called Kenya new money. Like, what are you, old money? Fucking old rich people doesn't make you old money. And then she said Kenya has to get her house pressure washed. That's like Nini insulting someone's white refrigerator that's like very on par with that insult and then marlo was coming for drew drew didn't even have like a defense like marlo was like your french bun croissant hair like making fun of her so much and drew just literally sat there and took it oh and then the preview next episode it looks like things are not gonna get better for drew her husband like leaves her at a dinner i fucking hate him oh and then todd is a place in new jersey I don't like that. So yeah, that's next week. Or who knows when this podcast comes out, but I think it's next week. Okay. Then the Roni reunion, or sorry, Ronji, Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. I love how fancy the green rooms are for the guys. Like I, they really pulled out the, all the stops for the men of New Jersey this year. Oh, Teresa gets mad at Melissa for not planning her wedding around her pregnancy. I also, Teresa has like a health situation and she's like, oh, I just can't yell. And Andy's like, well, then what are, why are you here? Like, you're obviously going to yell. And Teresa's like, no, I'm not. And then she proceeds to scream the entire reunion. And then when Andy asked her when she stood up for Melissa and there's literal crickets, she's like, I don't know, roll the tape. 
and everyone it, the literal the power goes out that's how much it was overloaded <laughs> someone said it was nana coming back from the grave to say enough or maybe she was trying to help her out because she's like i know this bitch is lying so i'm just gonna cut they don't have any tape so i'm just gonna cut the lights and then who i think it was margaret accused jen of being high all the time is jen high all the time I want to see more of that Jen. Like, that makes her more interesting to me. And then I love how Teresa just shouted, people function better when they're high. <laughs> like, what? Andy's face was even like, what? And then Joe, oh, and then she calls Joe a little bitch boy. He threatens to quit. Andy looked terrified. All of America was terrified when Joe threatened to quit. And then part two opens with their fight. I had to, I watched both back to back. Oh, I love Dolores' Irish little boyfriend. I don't know if he's little, could be huge. Probably is huge knowing Dolores' type. But how cute. I hope he's a million times better. He already sounds a million times better than that bump on a fucking log she was dating last season. I love when Andy switches into, like, daddy Andy mode. I know that's toxic of me, but I really like it. When he, like, cares about their boyfriends and kids and stuff, I think it's cute. Oh, and then Rihanna saying that she resonated with Teresa as a mom. Like, what episodes is Rihanna watching? What kind of mom does Rihanna want to be? Like, I guess Teresa's kids are, like, good kids. I mean, they're definitely better than her. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if I'd look at her like a role model in any way. Oh, and then Teresa doing the mirror mirror on the wall and everyone, everyone's face. I literally screamed out loud. Like, what? Andy looked way more exhausted this reunion than he normally does. And when exactly did Melissa finger Dolores? I must have missed that episode. I love how it just had a bunch of clips of her being like, let me fondle your tits. Like, where was that in the season? And I appreciated Jen's TED Talk about the, the crooked comment because I did not know what the fuck they were talking about. So it did explain things for me. Although she, her wanting sympathy for her nose job, like, look at the condition I was in while this was going on. It's like, man, that was an elective surgery. Like, it's not like you were in a car accident. And during the whole thing, Teresa's just sitting there like with her mouth, like slightly agape. She looks like she's buffering all the time. And then they all just scream at each other pretty much for the rest of it. And then we see the men next week. Hearing all of, I think this was in the preview, we heard all of Louis' allegations, like, back to back. It was a lot. Like, hearing it all at once, it was like, assault, battery, strangle, blah, 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 blah. Like, how could you hear all that and be like, let me blend families with this man? All right, Beverly Hill premiere. A haunting opener with Dorit's break-in. Um, the two guys like breaking into the kids like playroom so scary but then we just like go back into normal life kyle boxing and portia saying fight me fight me and like repeatedly punching her mom we gotta look into that is portia okay portia's getting a very different version of kyle than the other kids did you know what i mean like a superstar kyle like a like a, a kyle ego on steroids that I thought there was something behind that. I think she really wanted to feel some pain and she really wanted her mom to feel some pain. That's just my take on Portia. Also Kyle being like, I know last year she was a big loser, but now she leaves the house and has parties. It's like, you're so fucking shallow. Like let your kid just be depressed during a pandemic. Like I would also pay a thousand dollars for Kyle's problems. Her problem were like, my daughter has long nails and I don't know what to do. Like, shut the fuck up. You've had six noses in the past six seasons and she seems okay with it. So why don't we all just let each other be? I love single Garcelle and Sutton in Miami. I hate Rinna and Erica. When it cut, when it was juxtaposed, like those two groups, Rinna and Erica, remember that like Disney movie? I think it was 
um, Hercules, where there's like the two devils, like one's like t- like skinny and one's like really like round and squat and they kind of like wobble around together and like cackle. That's literally who I think of when I see scenes with Rinna and Erica, those two little devil cartoons. Rinna gives such a fuck about Sutton, simply saying she didn't say thank you for the fucking Elton John tickets. Rinna has, Rinna will quite literally burn your house to the ground, kill your dog, fuck your wife, like steal your job, ruin your fucking life and reputation and soul. But if you are like, hey, you, uh, you didn't say thank you, she'll, she'll never let it. She loses her mind. She's the most fragile one of the bunch, even though she starts fires left and right. And it was obvious like what Sutton was doing. She was just defending Garcelle because, because Lisa came for her or like was like being very gaslady, passive aggressive, like, well, you didn't thank me for the sauce, which she randomly brought up out of nowhere when Garcelle was trying to talk about how she felt left out of the group. It was so awkward, so weird. So Sutton was clearly just trying to defend her and be like, if you give a gift, you just give a gift. Not everyone says thank you, you know, whatever. Or And Garcelle did fucking say thank you. She just didn't like text her enough, whatever. And watching Lisa and Rinna, these, or Lisa and Erica, these two idiots try and put together what Sutton's point was, like, Rinna was like, well, what do you think she was trying to do? And Erica being like, she was trying to be a friend, trying to show that she was like a friend to Garcelle or like something like that. And it's like, okay. Like, I don't know. It was just like watching like the school bullies like try to do math. It's like, guys, don't hurt yourselves. Like, it really wasn't that complicated what Sutton was doing. Like, she acts like she's like trying to like crack a code. It's painful to watch scenes with them. And also, if it's not true, what are you so pissed about? And Rinna says that to everyone. She's always like, if it's not true, why are you mad? Why are you so fucking mad? Why are you setting yourself on fire about some stupid Elton John thing that happened a million years ago? And Lisa's obviously lying because you don't, she was like, we get invited every year by Elton John. And it's not like an invitation thing. Somebody said, they're like, you're not invited. You literally buy tickets that go to the charity, but whatever. I think she's full of shit. I want this to be her downfall, but I don't think it's going to be because I think the season is dedicated to Kathy's downfall which I'm also a little excited for. But I want someone to bring fucking Rinna down. I want to marry an orthodontist in Beverly Hills right now and test on tape until I get on the show and be the one to bring her down. I don't give a shit about Crystal's game room. Like, and her, what, we're making it bigger because your husband's too freakishly tall to play golf in his bait. Like, whatever. They have... They have Kyle level problems. Nobody cares. When Erica was talking about how she's like been eating and drinking a lot, it's like, obviously your life's in shambles like anyone would. And she was like, well, when the Taco Bell wrappers are in the kitchen and you don't remember, that's a problem. <laughs> like she's like becoming an alcoholic. It's like, just eat your Taco Bell, black out. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like no one's robbing the poor people was really the thing you should be ashamed of. The Taco Bell wrappers in the kitchen, not remembering I don't think that's your biggest problem. It reminded me of the time that we met Teddy's client, quote unquote client, to like give us a sense of what Teddy does, which is essentially just be an eating disorder Sherpa and Sherpa people through eating disorders. But her client was like, yeah, I just remember before I met you, I was working out with a trainer a couple times a week, eating healthy, but I was still thick. She says thick, like she's like got type two diabetes. It's like, okay, you sound like you were perfectly healthy. So that was like the episode that confirmed that 
Teddy really just gives you an eating disorder. Because, like, if you're working out multiple days a week with a trainer and you're eating really healthy, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but you're already really healthy. So you're basically just going to Teddy to help her, like, help you starve so you have ab lines. And, like, what the fuck does Teddy even do? Not to go on this tangent, but, like, her client, like, called her once and was, like, 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 she was, like, a fucking hotline, like, an emergency hotline. She's, like, I'm at a restaurant and there's not a lot of options on the menu. And Teddy's, like, don't worry. Just text me the menu and I'll get right back to you. And it's, like, order a fucking salad. You know what I mean? Like, what? You're paying, like, $1,000 a week to Teddy Mellencamp so she can tell you to, like, order a burger without the bun? Whatever. Anyway. Bless Garcelle for trying to get through to Erica still. Like, I feel like she should give up at this point, but bless her for thinking that Erica gives a shit about other people. And I like how Erica was so defensive and was like, the blogs, the documentaries, it's all not true. First of all, how can it all of it not be true? Like, you're not even going to say, well, this aspect was true, but me being dragged into it was turned proven to be false. Or like, you know, you're not even like nitpicking what is true and what is false. You're literally just pretending like it's all made up. And Erica's or Garcelle's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, she's not buying this bullshit for a second. And then Erica really is legit starting to crack. Like, she's like, you can tell she just has like no leg to stand on. And the way she's talking to the producers... And then, yeah, the producer's just like, well, where's the evidence that the money didn't go to you? And she's like, well, I don't fucking know. You look it up. Babe, you don't know. This is like clutch key evidence to keep you out of jail for like 25 plus years. And you don't, you don't know where it, okay. In the words of Garcelle. Oh, okay. And then like the way she's talking to the producers, they have helped you get to where you are. Put some respect on their names like be polite when you are fucking talking to them you bitch and then garcelle asking her like okay so everything's dismissed then and erica's like no but now's the time to smile and have fun um maybe not yet right like what did your lawyer tell you that like well now's the time in the litigation where we smile and have fun like no i don't think i think you should maybe just like lay low and like fundraise for the victims also, how could all of these stories not be true when your life has fallen apart? Clearly a big portion of it's true. All your money's gone. Anyway, so then we move on to Dorit's break-in. Incredibly scary. PK's not there. I thought it was cute that all the women showed up the next morning. And then Sutton's reaction? I was blown away when she started complaining. Like, literally everyone's devastated and Sutton comes in skipping to Kyle's with a box of cookies not giving a fuck about Dorit. And she's complaining about her French designer. Like, what? Sutton is one of those people where one scene you're like, wow, I really love this bitch. And then there's another scene and you're like, oh, wait, she's the devil. Like, she's very hot and cold, like super polarizing. There's no in-between with Sutton. I love her or I hate her. And it happens on a scene-to-scene basis. That was like a chilling lack of compassion. And she's like, yeah, I just realized I have to go to therapy because I have a weird energy okay it reminded me of my this friend that i used to hang out with when my mom had stage three blood cancer she's fine now she's in remission but obviously that was like a big scary thing happening in my life and like it doesn't it's not like a quick thing it's like a while and like my mom's a single mom so i was like home with her going through it wasn't like she had like a partner taking care of her anyway i had this friend who bless her heart like could not care about other people if she tried And we talked more, like more than my mom's cancer. We talked about her chickpea allergy. (laughs) 
<laughs> when I think about it now, it actually like makes me cry with laughter. We talked so much about her chickpea allergy and because she really missed eating hummus. And so she was like getting like reiki and like acupuncture so she could like eat fucking chickpeas. I was like, dude, like, I'm literally like, I don't know, injecting like shit into my mom's legs so her blood doesn't kill her. But sure, let's please tell me all about how you can enjoy a good falafel now. <laughs> like it was too much. Okay. I really thought that that was the most self-involved it could get. And then there's Sutton. But then that was kind of bullshit when Kyle was trying to get Sutton to sympathize with Erica. Like she went home and cried after that dinner where she yelled at you. First of all, you don't know that. Like she never said that. I feel like that's like trauma response vibes too. Like Kyle always looking for the silver lining in complete pieces of shit. Like you don't have to do that. Like you don't have to imagine like, yeah, are people who hurt people hurting people? Like, wait, (laughs) are people who hurt people in pain? Yes. But do we have to like paint this narrative? Like she didn't go home and cry for Sutton. She went home and cried for her sorry ass and her cold pool that she can't afford to heat. Like she's like a little brat bitch. She doesn't give a fuck about anybody else. So I was glad Sutton was like, no, fuck that. But Again, see what I mean? I love her. I hate her. And then I'm like, okay, I'm siding with her again. Also, when they showed the full cast, it was stacked. It looked like a football team. I don't know if it was because they were standing further apart or what, but there's like 12 women on the cast this year. That was so awkward with Erica and Kyle and Mauricio. And she's like, you hurt my feelings, Mauricio. It's like, oh, I wonder why you're going so easy on them. A, they go so easy on men. They don't, they like think women are the devil and they love men because they're the generation that they're all misogynist too. And also you're kissing the fucking ring. Like they're probably producing Beverly Hills, but at this point, like Sutton, you can shit on because you think she's going to be gone next season. And then Dorit, Constant tells her story that was fucking terrifying when the guy was like, just kill her with like, while the other guy had the gun to her head, I would have shit my pants i noticed that sutton wasn't there i wonder if kyle was like she's dead inside so i'm just like not inviting her also when the dogs were barking and dorit got scared and she's like can you check on that and kyle's like they're fine they bark all the time it's like it's called ptsd you bitch like go check on the dog even if you know it's fine like just be like sure sure i'll go check you know like she just had a real bad trauma it's like less than 48 hours later it's like literally 24 hours later And then Erica being like, yeah, you got to get in therapy, sweetie. Like, they're all just so, like, Erica tries to be so cool and crass about it. Like, oh, yeah, we've all been there. Like, I was watching another old episode, and they're at, like, the Holocaust Museum in Berlin. And Dorit's, like, having a moment because she lost a lot of family in the Holocaust. And she's, like, says something like, this is a huge part of Jewish history. And, like, she's obviously, like, contemplating it, like, taking it in. Fucking Erica's, like well, yeah, it's a big part of the history here. Like, she's just one of those people that, like, always has to say something and, like, always has to know everything and she's been every, like, and it's like, shut up. Like, now is not your moment to, like, talk. Like, yeah, you gotta get in therapy, girl. Like, fuck, shut the fuck up. I hate Erica so much. Oh, my God, PK breaking down got tugged at my heartstrings. Oh, and then at the end of the episode when she like has another PTSD moment and he can't find his phone and she's like, find the phone, please find the phone. He kind of just leaves her. That was an interesting choice. I thought maybe just bring her in the house with you. She's clearly having a moment. A lot of people weren't that perceptive of Dorit's PTSD. So I hope that people are taking care of her. Um, and that's all I have. I'm going to go back to watching the darkest times of Taylor's life. 
honestly, definitely recommend Taylor's memoir. I got it just to find out what happened between her and Russell and that whole situation, but ended up learning a lot about life and myself along the way. So I recommend it. I don't know what it's called, but wait, let me look up the title. I bet it has a great hiding from reality. My story of love, loss, and finding the courage within. It's actually, it's not a hiding from reality. It's a pretty good title. Oh my God. She's a New York Times bestseller. Good for her. She looks like a therapist or like a mime on the cover. She's wearing like a black turtleneck. Anyway, great book. Definitely recommend. Not a bad read either. Like not not like Teresa's books. I started to read Teresa's book and at one point she literally stops and is like, sorry about this. Words are hard for me. And you're like, yeah, we know. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Go buy those books. It's This is a book club now. Also Jessica Simpson's memoir. It's the best. Okay. See you guys next week. Love you. Bye. People function better when they're high.